Welcome to Season 2020, Episode 2. In this week's show, Ianoni handed an 18-month ban. Are drugs in MotoGP? And we look at all the reasons behind MotoGP's cancelled races. This is the Pacino Report. Hello and welcome to the Pacino Report, the official podcast of PacinoGP.com, hosted by me, David Gill. This podcast is, is quite literally living proof that uh, if you annoy an uh, uh, internationally renowned uh, MotoGP journalist, uh, they, they will submit to anything and agree to anything. Uh, so. Like Mel's a wonderful tool. That's it. I can't. Uh, I can't do this podcast uh, on my own. I've got uh, two wonderful co-hosts, but the uh, glue that pulls all this together is the man himself, uh, Mr. Manuel Pacino. How are you, my friend? Here I am. Here in my corner, ready for the for the combat. David, how are you? How are you down under? How how does it feel to be with the head down? Exactly right. Last time we spoke, you were walking around your house um, with your selfie stick. You were doing, like, uh, running around. I was appreciative you had clothes on, but you were doing laps <laughs> in, in your no. garden. You were doing laps in your lounge room. Is, is, exactly. is this normal? <laughs> well, normal is nothing in these days. But uh, yesterday I, I walked a lot, you know, a lot. I think 10,000 steps, a lot. Around the yeah, house. For- 55 minutes yes. of that was talking to me. That's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. Uh, moving on to my next co-host, uh, Stuart Ivanka uh, Hillary McGraw. How are you? David, See what I did there? Edith Hill. I'm very, very good. Thank you, my darling. <laughs> How was your day, mate? Yeah, good. Uh, try not to go stir crazy in self-isolation here. I managed to get out of the house and um, take the dogs for a walk. That's the end of my day. There we go. Yeah, yeah but did you do as many steps as Manuel? I no, bet you no, didn't. no. I'm lucky if I did 5,000. I have very small dogs with very small legs. You say very small legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, which works for me because I'm just an unfit fat man, so it's good. It's like, oh, the dog's tired, got to go home. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on the dog. And the last of our wonderful co-hosts, Miss Andrea Easton. How was your day, my dear? Oh, fantastic. It's a Friday. It's a good day. I didn't do it. I did no steps. I walked probably like from the lounge room to the bedroom and yeah, not as many steps. Um, Look, it, it's fantastic that Fridays are Fridays everywhere in the world. Absolutely. We are, we are how far? 25,000 Ks each further, but Friday's like Friday. Yep. Really good day. <laughs> we have many differences, but Fridays are the same. Exactly. How about you, David? How was your day? This is actually the high point of my day, to tell you the truth. I've been looking forward to this all day. After I've, I've listened to episode one a couple of times, and it put a huge grin on my face. I'm excited to get a few more of these in the can for the listeners. Outstanding. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Mr. Pacino, what have you got for us? Well, I think that uh, today we will have to talk about uh, uh, Mr. Yanone. Oh, who, yes. Is he back in Who just was judged. Uh, because yes. of of uh, how do you say drugs being naughty yes. yeah and mm. uh, i think we can uh, um, use this moment to to touch this uh, topic in uh, in our conversation you know drugs in MotoGP. Yeah. 
Mm. Yes. Has, yes. has it a place? Does it exist? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a rare thing, but it, it has occurred before in various performance enhancing and recreational methods. Yeah, there, there are there are uh, different form uh, formats of doping. You know, we, something is doping, and another thing is uh, taking drugs. It's yeah, very yeah. it's completely different. You know, and basically what has happened in the past has been uh, uh, drug drugs um, penalties. Right. Yeah. Yep. Doping, doping in in racing is uh, is something rare, and it doesn't match too much in this sport. You know, because mm. if we go down to uh, there is, mm, you have to consider that the situation where the athletes put themselves, if they are not completely, how do you say it in English, lucid. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, lucid, yep, clear headed, good. Yeah, uh, it's against their life you know because exactly. they have, they need the balance and there is nothing that improves the balance so if we go down to doping we have to look in another areas you know like uh, doping for losing weight that is important Diabetes, uh, doping yeah. for gaining muscle mass this was just the teaser <laughs> <laughs> is this where somewhere someone volunteers to try out some of these diuretics to see what effect they have so we can discuss it in the podcast take one for the team <laughs> the, the, the other the other thing that we had um yeah tabled for today was that um we are living through you know a pandemic situation and and races are being cancelled but um manuel i was very privileged to get a, a sneak peek at a, an upcoming upcoming article of yours that um is quite right pointed out that cancellations uh, are not a unknown phenomenon in MotoGP. Well, uh, the, the championship is 72 years old, okay? Yep. In this uh, 70 decades, seven decades, imagine any many things have has happened. It's yep. uh, true that not as uh, important as now, yep. but various different reasons of all types have made that races have been cancelled, postponed, red flagged. We can go through this later if you think it's just, interesting. That's actually the one that I'm looking forward to out of the uh, the, the other three topics today. I said all three, uh, uh, I can't wait to get my teeth into. But um, as I said, I had a sneak peek at that article and it absolutely uh, yeah, it grabbed me by the throat. I just didn't realise sort of how deep and um, how wide the delays and the uh, cancellations had been uh, for MotoGP. So uh, stick around for another 20 minutes and uh, we'll, we'll get stuck into that one. On to the big one, though. Uh, Ian Oney's uh, drug ban has been handed down. Uh, this is going to have shockwaves through the industry. Um, Accidental drug cheat. Where does it? Where does he go from here? Janone, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, Janone, I think that they will appeal because he got the penalty for uh, eighteen months, right? Yep. And it starts to count from uh, when he was noticed, so December, last December. So I'm sure that uh, having read the the judgment, it's quite clear that for me that if uh, he appeals, he will get this. Uh, penalty cut. So with the championship in the hibernation situation that is now, at the end, he think I think he will be able to join the championship when it starts. That is, uh, which nobody knows when, but I think that he can perfectly join back the championship when uh, the Grand Prix starts to start again. Do you have a normal season? And, you know, I say, because 
as we've spoken about in the last episode, I have no idea on this. That's, you know, why I'm here, because I seriously have zero expertise on the MotoGP. The um, Apprentice. I am the Apprentice. So if he, obviously, if they're competing, they need to be in every race of part of the season. He couldn't, if he gets banned for, say, half the season, it's not like he can jump back in and... Does he either yeah, need to no, be there for the whole? No, that, that's good. That's a good question because he can, the team can put a step rider in his, uh, ah, on his bike. So they right? get points and, yeah, so someone else can race for the team and get the points yeah. and then he jumps in. Yeah, but the problem of jumping in in the middle of the season is that he has not ridden the bike at all. So he will be not, he will not have the, the pace, the speed, the and he will... Uh, need uh, time to get back to the physical condition. So it is not worth, you know, it's so, not worth unless you are a super top rider like Valentino in this. But mm-hmm. a normal rider, if he loses the first five, six races, he is gone. So is he, he can obviously go off and ride on his own or is he banned from? No, look, the, 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 what makes this sport different from the others like Formula One is that you cannot... Uh, train outside of the racing because there are no machines. There, there are no things where you can train. You okay. can ride a you can ride a normal bike, but yep. uh, the normal bikes. What you do on a racing it's bike? Completely different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is nothing wow. that you pay for it. It is next level. Yeah. So it's it is harsh, really. Regardless whether he's out for a whole season or not, it's massive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you need you need to ride the bikes. You cannot just jump in in the middle of the season and pretend to do it well. Mm. And I suppose you miss so much. Yeah. Yeah. So if the decision does go to appeal and does come back as being essentially annulled, uh, how will the team and how will the sponsors react to that? Will they take it as everything moves on, or do you think there will always be a shadow? Uh, well, you you know the teams is, are like the politicians. If the things look good, they will stick on the rider. If it turns around, they will lose the, the wire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. far, so far, Aprilia said, no, we stick uh, to our rider because we we trust, we believe. If it, the appeal doesn't yeah. come positive for them, they will just turn around, turn the back, and bye-bye, Mr. Janoli. Next, yep. He is having a rough time, though. He said you follow him on the socials. He's, um, he's there's a lot of fans that um, have have departed from supporting me. He's lost his uh, long term relationship. Um, that's uh, this that's already taken its toll uh, upon uh, Iannone. Uh, for that to then potentially go through another level and yeah, have sponsors and and that wider level of support drop off is a very real thing. Yeah, but but the Anone is a very particular character in this sport because he's the he has been uh, he has one who has exposed him a lot in social media his yes. girlfriend was a dancer and you know at the end uh, he has put more effort probably in uh, being social media influencer than being a writer and now he's paying the bill for that yeah, okay. Ah, I've just um I've just looked him up because I want to know who you're talking about. So mm-hmm. he's 30 years old. Is that quite old for a motorbike rider? 
Uh, no, it's a good. Uh, it's a good age. He should be at the peak of his career. Yeah, he should be right in his prime, definitely. So why would he possibly have been taking substances he shouldn't? Because uh, to look fitter. Imagine, because they say it's not to improve his performance, because he's constantly on social media and mm. this and this and that to look cooler. You know, in fact, yeah. he he has done a lot of how do you say. Uh, surgery in his face, plastic surgery, plastic, plastic, cosmetic yeah. surgery, really. Plastic yeah. to improve his nose, to his lips. That'd and... be unfortunate if you fell off and messed up your face after spending all the money on that. <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh... Well, and Andra, they wear a helmet, you know. Oh yes, boys. That helps. Probably that does help. Yeah. To see him riding on his bike with no helmet. <laughs> No, it said uh, yeah. Our thoughts definitely go out to him, but he said that there's there's some big repercussions uh, rolling through. He said if it um, it doesn't go all according to plan for him, this also leads into a, another question that um, we've definitely been talking about: of is this uh, case of the use of drugs within um, his sport? Is it just limited to isolated riders, or is there a, something under the waters? Is there an undercurrent? that um, we're not picking up on here? Um, if you mean taking drugs, it's more yeah. common than doping. You know, really? doping, yeah, doping is... So you're talking recreational quite, versus actual doping? Yeah, is the is uh, more linked to the non-athletic behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, okay? This is because at the end these are kids... So yeah. kids. Anthony Gobert and, as opposed to Noriyuki Haga. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Haga was also the same with the same uh, um, stuff that Yanone was called. But look, yeah. uh, it's a funny story, this. It's not quite drugs, but I know only one rider that has been fined by his team for improper behavior. And this guy, it's casual or not, was also in Australia. <laughs> oh, that's a coincidence, isn't it? I am sorry. I am sorry. Tell me Don't more. Apologize. You have Anthony Gobert. You have Anthony Gobert. You yeah. have Anthony West. Yeah. And, and this yeah. guy is called Jack Miller. Uh huh. <laughs> there was there it was when he was a Honda rider. There was a clause in the contract about proper behavior, right? And he was fined once because he arrived in a how can you say? In a state that was not athletic, so <laughs> what an Australia Manuel, we call it under the weather. He was a little under, under the weather. Under the weather. So I spoke with the Honda manager, and he said that was the how do you say the most expensive beer he had in his life. <laughs> wow! He can fight with thirty thousand US dollar for a beer. Oh my god! Oh, that hurt. Hit you where it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> although in the kind of numbers that even then Jack was talking about, that wasn't that large, I suppose. He could afford it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but now I have to say the same way I tell something, I have to say that Jack has changed a lot. Now he's uh, really focused. He works on, on his uh, fitness. Mm-hmm. He has grown up, basically, because for many years you have to realize that he lived alone in Spain, you know, being very young, being alone, and in Spain, like uh, you in Australia, that is very easy. There are a lot of bars, and it's very easy to 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 have beer. So 
it's not to blame. It's just to say that he was just left around, you know? Mm-hmm. And now, luckily, he has caught up and he's really focusing on his job. But this isn't an isolated event. Um, some of the the media that's come out recently, especially in the case of John Hopkins, he's actually been quite vocal of some of the struggles that he uh, went through during his career with uh, alcohol and recreational drug use. So, he said, so it does seem to be a bit of a consistent theme that's um, starting to you know, reoccur within the sport? Is it, are we coming to any point where you see that it can, can be completely clear or do you just think it's within the nature of the riders? They'll, they'll just do everything at the extreme level. Uh, look, um, in the, I have to, to say to you that riders, we have to check the backgrounds of the riders. Like in our previous podcast, we spoke about that riders are normal people, okay? But what they do is extreme and their personality and their backgrounds is in many cases very extreme and i'm not going deeper in this with john because it is his background and he what yeah absolutely yeah, yeah there are not many that are normal yeah in MotoGP. Yeah. Oh, not many i wa- i watched five minutes of that movie david what was it the fast faster the, yeah i watched five minutes because you know i've just got to ease into it <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's so clear, like it is a special type of person that does that kind of thing. I can't even get my head around it at all. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it that the rest of it, it's not just one aspect of their life. They're, they're on the edge for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in the family environment, you know, their background in this, I can tell you 70%, their family environment and, uh, what they have behind, it's like an escape, this, for them at a certain point. And then they get adult and turn into their profession. But at a certain point, racing, risking is an escape. Yeah. Do they generally get into into racing themselves or is it something their families push them into at such a, you know, like most professional athletes, they start it from such a young age, I imagine. Are they, they are obviously pushed into it by somebody rather than choosing Yeah, no, no, it. normally it's always the father, you know. Yeah. You have, <laughs> because, look, uh, and a mother normally wouldn't sit uh, his son on a motorbike. Yeah, go get on a motorbike and just, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, off you go. Do, do 250 kilometres an hour. Here's me with my four-year-old right? walking up the stairs in her house going, for God's sake, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Instead yeah. of sending him a helmet, some is, leathers, it'll yeah. be fine. Instead of sending him in, in his room, you say to him, "Okay, go take the motorbike and <laughs> so, no, laps. so normally, normally it's it's uh, down to the parents, to the fathers. Look again, going back to to the Aussies. The Aussies. The, the example is Casey Stoner. Casey went to Europe when he was thirteen to race, wow. and he went. And he went with all his family. So when he was 13, basically, somehow, the family depended on his results. So imagine the pressure for a 13-year-old kid, you know, to get, hey, you have to win. And uh, Casey's father was super strict with him, super rough, super strict. On the grid, he used to yell uh, at his son, hey, you have to do well. So... 13, 14, imagine the pressure they have to support. Yeah. It's, it's, it almost borders on un, un, unfathomable. You, you couldn't get your head yeah. around. Yeah. 
Crazy. So the question I've got for you, Manuel, uh, would a solution to this be uh, breathalyzers on pit lane before they go out? Uh, they've got to uh, blow clear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I did not understand. locks on all the bikes, Dave. Is that yeah. what you're saying? So before yeah, your bike does. Is that where your bike? It doesn't before, start. Before they're allowed out for uh, practice and, and, and qualifying, uh, they get to the end of pit lane. There's a marshal there. They take their helmet off and they're given an alcoholic breathalyzer. Oh, they're... that would be terrible. <laughs> that, would, that would be an imagine the image for the show. <laughs> That's something they should implement at work. <laughs> your pass doesn't work if you don't pass. But a MotoGP race with three riders. Yeah, would no, be no. At the, at the end, look, these are these are a lot of ex, uh, these episodes are very exceptional. Luckily, yeah. I think much less than in other sports because they risk their lives. They cannot play with this stuff. Mm. So it's a slight. It's a sort of a, a hot topic for me uh, and, and my life, but we've talked about sort of, you know, some of the reliance and some of the, the fallback that some of the riders have upon um, a, a last, um, alcohol and recreational drugs. But is there, and you said, you know, they do come from family sometimes that are unbelievably pressured and unbelievably dysfunctional in some ways. Do the riders, from a, a mental perspective, uh, they, is that stepping up? I mean, we've seen uh, Petrucci and Dovizioso um, who are now employing full-time psychologists. With Is this something that's spreading or is this something that uh, is only used by a handful of riders? No, no, all of them. Look, um, you are into sport. In other sport, I know that you are very follow sport. At this level, the difference is the emotional control yes because all these consider that in MotoGP there are the 22 best riders of the whole world okay yeah. all are incredible strong good prepared if they reach this they are super prepared imagine imagine how many others got uh, lost in their way up there yeah. okay yeah. so yeah. when they the are there, when they are, are there the difference is the mental control and this is in any big sport, in tennis. For example, in tennis, this is a huge example. Imagine how a tennis player, what makes different Nadal and Djokovic? The control, the emotional control when they Nadal, are Nadal, Nadal, he's hot. <laughs> in fact, I think you have, uh, I'm not much into tennis, but you have a tennis player in Australia that is quite, he doesn't Angry? control too much. Doesn't Kyrgios, control too Nick much. Kyrgios. Yes, his emotions, no? Yeah, he's he's very emotional. He's very yeah, passionate. We, we talk he's, about he's emotions. Yeah, he's a, he's a good example. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Manuel, one question I've got. You talk about there being um, psychological coaches for each of the riders within the teams. Is there any sort of psychological assistance from the actual MotoGP level of things? So if somebody outside sees that, one of the guys well, is starting to have an issue. They can they can intervene and look in. There's there's no well, duty of care there. The, the, the psychologists are not part of the teams. Basically, they are outside from the sport, so they see things much more in a different level. They are not into the sport. In fact, look, I I have a, a, I, I work in an Italian TV program, and we will have in the program Dovizioso's psychologist. Dovizioso, you know where he lives. In Chile. How does There's that a lot work? of video conferencing. <laughs> exactly right. 
So again, you know, they it has to be uh, people, persons that are not involved and contaminated by the sport. They wouldn't be able to do their job properly, would they? Exactly. Yeah. Right, but but does the does the MotoGP division in and of itself have a duty of care to look after these guys and intervene if they see a car crash coming, like you know psychologically? No, everyone is by its own. Everyone right. is by its own. Oh. You know, the other day I think I was speaking with Danilo Petrucci, and he got he went through a program, and he's they realized that the moment of more stress of a rider, for example, after analyzing his everything, is when a rider has somebody in his back. Understood, yeah. Sleep sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was was a wake-up call for me. We hear the commentary teams, you know, saying that uh, someone is slipstreaming, placing the pressure, waiting for the mistake to happen. And I honestly thought that was just media talking it up. But to actually hear Danilo say that himself, it was like, that is a real thing. It said that the the game moves into the head and how well that can be mastered as opposed Mm. to mastering those who are on the track with you. Because look, look what, just imagine something. The, a race takes how, how long? Uh, it takes around 40 minutes, right? At yeah, 40 minutes, they, they, they are riding at over 300 k's per hour. At the end of the race, they finish within one second, one yeah. tenth, yeah. two tenths. Yep. Imagine one tenth. If you divide one tenth in 20 laps, how much is this per lap? Mm. You know, yeah. you have to realize how tight the things are and how yeah. much pressure they have. One mini mistake, m- micro mistake, you lose the race. The reason that um, we've been speaking recently, the yeah, Italian motto is uh, now doing evening interviews with the riders um, as a part of the, the pandemic situation we find ourselves in. Uh, it was quite, listening to Manuel the other day, it was quite unprecedented access. And apparently the uh, riders are... Uh, are really warming to this process of something that's a little less informal. They're almost around the campfire and able to sort of talk a little more openly and and freely. I think this is a, yeah. a fa- unfortunately the whole thing is in Italian, so we're relying on the <laughs> like the Manuel to. Uh, well, let, let, I let think they have Vinales on yesterday. Was that who? What, what was Vinales, he we, we had Vinales. We had Danilo. We have yeah. had uh, many managers. We had Carlos Checa. And yeah. let me tell you something. This uh, this format. Tonight, I'm going to have my first uh, live chat with Brazil. Wow. Okay. So it, it works all around the world. And um, I have also contacts in Indonesia, and I will do start doing it with the Indonesian fans as well. So, so you, in a certain way, this has opened a new way to communicate this situation. So you're, you're interviewing Anthony West in uh, Brazil? <laughs> I, don't think he, I don't think he speaks uh, Brazilian yet. Anthony doesn't speak anything that uh, most of the population can recognize at this point in time. Adra, Adra, Anthony West, he has been for years living in a van and driving around Europe just to race. Wow. Where's he from? Australia. He's Aussie. I was going to say it sounds like a pretty Aussie name. Yeah. I'll tell you, geez, he must have found some really good roadside cafes. I saw some photos of him from recently and he's packed a bit of weight on. Pulled over there, isn't it? 
one or wings. two buffalo wings. He's, he's, he's got he's got some of these on just under the under the chin, under the cheeks going. I was like, whoa. Maybe it was the, good about maybe myself. it was the camera angle. You shouldn't sure. be so hard. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those wide angle lenses. That's what it was. The thing with Anthony that breaks my heart it was that in his day he was blindingly fast. Yes. Blinding. But he doesn't race now. No. He's, no, he's, he's um he's taken to uh, throwing insults at the. Uh, oh, he's riding around <laughs> sucking up. He's he sounds like he's living off the vibes of when he was great. Then he's probably cruising around Europe, pricking up chicks and just loving life. <laughs> and oh, I'm not <laughs> saying there's anything wrong with that. That's yeah. obviously what he's doing. Good on him. So on the on the Italian um, moto scene, Manuel, has anyone? Like, has anyone registered to the fact that delays in MotoGP um, have happened before? Has that conversation come up? Because when you and I were speaking the other day, I said I was just absolutely, my eyes were just, I was eyes wide open. It was like, you're absolutely right. When you go through the history books, this is not the first time that all this has happened before. There have been some big delays to the to the racing seasons. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and the reason has been of, all kinds, you know, all kinds of reason has at a certain time influenced to uh, cancel a race, to postpone race, to red flag a race, but reasons that go out from uh, natural disasters to epidemics to uh, crashes to uh, strikes, rider strikes due to economical reason, to safety reason. So we can go through, if you if you want quickly to some, uh, through some examples that are very even interesting. The, even the riot at Spa. I mean, that was the one that... <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> look, that, there have been many reasons, but one really extreme was what happened in 1979, it's a long time ago, in Spa Francorchamps, that is in Belgium, okay? Yeah. Uh, Adram was too. <laughs> so I was in a... <laughs> I don't some of us, back then. Some of us were more than two. Yeah, I was, I was a bit, bit more than two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens there was so funny. Look, I, I explained it very quickly. The, the, the Belgian circuit was a very long track, 14.7 Ks. Okay. So for that race in 79, they cut the track and they did a variante that is a shortcut that made the track uh, cut uh, slow and uh, no, be seven Ks, half of the distance. But they finished this uh, shortcut just two days before the start of the race. So what happened? That when the rider starts to start to go on this special uh, shortcut, the, the oil of the tarmac started to come out. And it a whole was a different type of road, wouldn't it? Because you've got your yeah, own. Yeah, it was slippery and hyper dangerous. So wow. the top riders decided not to race. They said, look, it's no way to race. And they started to leave the circuit Friday night. Normally it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. The circuit was full, full of, of spectators, 100,000 of people, because it was in July, July 79. So Everyone what happened? Some holidays, everyone's loving it. Yeah, it was exactly. It was just one day, one weekend after Assen, that is in oh. in the Netherlands. Yeah. So uh, when the spectators realized that the the riders were leaving the track, they started to burn the their bras. 
Yeah, it was no, the 70s. It was the 70s. Uh, the signage along along the sides of the track. Yeah. Well, they put it. Uh, they started to put fire around the track. Wow. Yeah. I like the story better. So <laughs> this ended with the police, the anti-riot police, entering into the uh, the campings, and there was a, a a war. Okay. So the organizer got so scared with the situation that he tried to convince the riders who still were in the track. Okay. Just go out on Sunday, do like you do a race, because if not, they are going to destroy everything. Wow. So there were, some riders accepted this, but now comes the story. Look, at this point, there were basically three Dutch riders in the championship. Okay, one was called Jack Middleberg, the other Van Dulmen, and a third one was Hartog. Hartog was the top guy. And this Hartog, he left, the, he had left the circuit. So when the Hartog's followers knew that the other two were racing, they warned the organizer that they would throw uh, beer bottles to them, you know. So at the end, uh, it was so dangerous that they decided to cancel everything. See, that's very normal for Australian car racing, especially, yeah. (laughs) In the middle of say, a, it sounds sounds like a normal supercars weekend at Phillip Island or Adelaide 500 or something. Bathurst. Yeah, but for bike racing, this is unprecedented. Imagine racing with stubbies being thrown at you. Yes, this, this Corona battles, you know. Now Corona yeah. is a. Oh, well done! I saw what, no, you, I did what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I have seen a Corona battle in the last minute. Oh, I can't believe I didn't do that. Beaten to the punch. Oh, nice. It, it was out there as well. We just missed okay, it. Okay, that, that was good. Yeah. Look, Look just... uh, uh, David, another episode, for example, happened in Qatar in 2009. Qatar is in the middle of the desert. Well, on yes. Sunday, there was an extreme heavy rain. In the desert. desert. Storm in the desert. Yeah, and and obviously the, how do you say, the drainage? Yeah, yeah. uh, The drainage of the circuit was not prepared. Who would build a a circuit in Qatar with the drainage? Nobody. (laughs) On buildings in the desert. (laughs) So so they had to postpone the race on Monday. That has been the unique, the only race in the 72 years of the championship. That was held on a Monday. And many of these other examples yeah. were there. I, I want to be clear. This is just tip of the iceberg. Um, going through the list that you were able to produce, there were some fantastic examples. You know, the, there was cancellations due to over one metre of snow. Um, the, the, the list was – the work you'd done on that man, on that piece, Manuel, was, was, a real, yeah, was a real tribute to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And there is one, the last one, allow me to, to explain it, that for me is amazing. That was uh, the, the Japanese uh, Grand Prix in uh, 2010 was postponed because of a volcano that in Ireland, in Iceland. Iceland. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that wow. is how much? 15,000 yeah. Ks from each from our... Mm-hmm. But uh, remember that all the atmosphere was... Uh, yes, contaminated yeah. with the uh, with the smoke of the volcano. All, well, of, all the planes go for something around like the world. world. Yeah, they were they were cancelling all the flights all around the world. There was planes going down with uh, volcanic ash in them, and 
volcano falafel kettle or whatever it was called was the was the root cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scored 150 on a triple word score. Yeah. Exactly. It's Can, you spell it, Can you spell and it? Z. Can you spell it? Yeah, two chances. <laughs> And here's my memory, struggling to go back beyond, was it Silverstone a couple of years ago when they um, when they ended up cancelling, they were talking about run that one on a Monday, but they just ended up cancelling that as well, didn't they? You see what I mean, Stu? Once you actually put your mind to it, it actually, yes. there are a few out there yeah. that um, more, have more come back. So, and yeah, I I'd... find that quite, com- you know, being in the current climate at the moment with the whole coronavirus thing, because you sit there and go, oh, my God, the whole world stopped. This is brand new. We've not seen this before. But there's so mm. many different examples of where things have had to stop. History is repeating yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, Adra, things have never been as, as extreme as, uh, as they are now. Oh, true. Absolutely. Yeah, the situation now is crazy. And, and still going back to Silverstone, it's funny because the reason to cancel Silverstone was the same than to cancel the Qatar Grand Prix. There was no drainage in drainage. Silverstone. Yeah. <laughs> That's because what made me think it, of it, yeah. It never rains in Britain, you know? No, so it never rains. <laughs> it never rains in Britain. I won't hear of it. <laughs> Look, but these then, are tracks that are set up permanently and they, they I think yes. they race in the same places every year. Yeah. Is it just because these freak, freak of nature things happen or it's just not prepared enough or? Well, in, in, in case of Qatar, obviously it's a exceptional situation right. that it rains that one, how it rained in the middle of the desert. But I think that in England, it rains quite often. So it was yeah. just like the track was not prepared, you know. Yeah. They had to re- they, had, they had resurfaced the track. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Exactly, they, they resurfaced it, but they hadn't done the drainage properly and they hadn't grooved the track properly or something. Yeah, it was a clearly uh, wrong wrong work done you know yes. very clearly yeah. and very expensive <laughs> they had to pay a, a, a huge bill for that yeah you wouldn't want to be that contractor oh. exactly right i think yeah. that's a great point to end on ladies and gentlemen um manuel once again thank you so much for your uh, insight and input uh, for this episode um, i'm looking forward to the next one already i think we need yeah. to change his name to the storyteller that's it. <laughs> That's why we he's got did it say, fun. Andrew, we did but, say in every scenario, you just get Manuel going and there's always a story. It's brilliant. He's, he's and like, so like we knowledge. mentioned, yeah, with me not knowing anything, I could just sit here and just listen to you for hours, Manuel. It's, it's a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Andrew. And I think in the next pod, in, in our next uh, podcast, we could speculate, not speculate, analyse uh, which rider Ducati will have after having lost the option on Marc Marquez, having lost the option of Maverick Vinales, having lost the option of Fabio Quartararo. I did an exercise like imagining me sitting around the table in Bologna, where the headquarters of Ducati is, and analyzing the riders with the Ducati guys, putting on the table their pros and their cons. I think that we can do this on our net podcast. I think That's we should sense. do that and That's we'll all decide who we think and, and if I happen to win, it's possibly just because they've picked them on looks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, let's do that. Let's do when that. I gave you the photo of Iannone, are you happy to sort of put out there what your reply was? Or do we want to put that in, in the show notes? 
Well, um, I think I think we'll leave it there. So. <laughs> Let's say that for the next episode. It's exactly a good right. one. <laughs> I think I just bluffed a little. I think <laughs> I did. Yeah. I want to. I really do want to thank our um, audience at uh, this stage. I think um, if you're finding any value in this podcast and and you you want to support it and you want to see more of Manuel's insight, uh, the best thing that you can do is is go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating, or do the same within Spotify. That is is quite literally at this point uh, within the podcast's life. That is the, that is the best thing that you can do. You, you can bump us up the order. Um, Andra, I know I asked you uh, this yesterday, but uh, where can the listeners uh, find you on the socials? I believe you, you've been doing some work during the day. Oh, you know, I was so busy today that I spent all this time working out my Instagram because I'm obviously up with all the oh, you're down with the stuff. Cool kids. <laughs> you're I, down I, I am all like last night. I had to get my son to come and help me to set up the computer, and he just walked in and turned. He pretty much turned the speaker up on the laptop and went, "Mum, you're old now." <laughs> um, yeah, on Instagram, it's Andra, A-N-D-R-A underscore the Pacino Report. So we're on Instagram. We've also got our our one for the podcast, which, Dave, I'm sure you'll tell everyone out, but we'd love to get messages from people. Lovely. Stu, and you? Perfect, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an old hand on the gram. I, I love the IG life, man. Uh, so you can get me at quickdraw <laughs> underscore 73 on Instagram. Uh, Mr. Or again, yeah, at uh, the Pacino report. Seventy-four. That makes you. No, no, 50... seventy-three. Seventy-three. Fifty what? No. Uh, that's enough <laughs> for that young lady. <laughs> and and, and, and well, where can the listeners get hold of you? Where can they get the the, the real news? Well, I, I I suggest everybody have a look at PacinoGP.com. Uh, and all the other social are the same in uh, Twitter, in Facebook, and in Instagram is pesinogp.com or pesinogp. There's where you can find me. Awesome. We've also now got uh, an email that uh, listeners can get into. So the Pesino Report uh, at pesinogp.com, and it's uh, the Pesino Report. I'm on Insta. Um, I'm constantly checking that about every 15 seconds. I'm uh, an Instagram uh, junkie. So. Refresh, and I wondered why refresh. you were single, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just got two young daughters that <laughs> keep, keep me that on you the know of. arrow. <laughs> Look, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I think we'll put that one in the can and we'll uh, call that one uh, complete for the day. Thank you so much. I'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Stay you. upright. Thank you. Bye bye.